The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said to his disciples, About that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken, and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known in part what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the season of Advent and this first Sunday of the new church year. I think that Advent has the most challenging set of themes of perhaps any of the seasons of the year. And so as I looked at the pulpit this morning, as I came up just to take a look at things before the service, I think maybe it's appropriate that the light that's normally on the preacher is out this morning. I'm not sure I have much light to shed, but I hope I have a bit to share with you. If you take a moment later today, I hope you will read that wonderful collect at the beginning of our service over again and perhaps more than once, perhaps throughout the weeks that are before us in Advent, that collect written by Thomas Cramner for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer. It captures so well the many different themes that are a part of the Advent season. We find ourselves wanting to celebrate that first coming and the baby being born and all of the wonderful things that are around that that our culture has given us to celebrate and to make that such a part of our family life and of our culture. But we're confronted on the first Sunday of Advent with the possibility of the second coming and having to deal with that coming that we have not yet realized. And we stand in the midst of time between two Advents, the first and the second. And the contrasts of this season are so pronounced, darkness and light, humility and majesty, mortality and immortality, and then, of course, the specter of judgment. But I think it's possible for us to hear all of that and to see all of that as a beautiful mosaic, that mosaic being a picture of the kingdom of God at least a glimpse of what the kingdom of God might be. This beautiful and holy season provides the opportunity, I think, to reflect on God's reign in the world and what that reign might look like. Advent, I believe, is an invitation for each of us to peer into the kingdom of God, 
and to delight in it. We used to live in Southern California, and that part of California can perhaps best be described as endless urban sprawl with a mix of smog now and then, more now than then. (laughs) But every once in a while in the winter, as I was going north up to the 405 freeway to catch the freeway into my workplace near the airport, it would be a clear, crystal clear day. The air would be just beautiful. And off to the north and off to the east, I could see the the snow-peaked mountaintops that had always been there. But it was only on those few days when we had that beautiful crisp air that we could see it. But they were always there. Those beautiful mountains were always there. But it was only from time to time that we would get a glimpse of them, a reminder that they were there calling us, calling us to join them at the heights I believe that Advent is like that. Advent is a reminder of the beauty of the kingdom of God. The beauty that is always there. It's present with us now and not yet. But it's present with us now. And we can know that beauty day in and day out if we only are awake and alert to it. The Wednesday study group has been reading Marcus Borg's book, The Heart of Christianity. And this has been a very interesting study for us. And I think really that Marcus Borg has invited us into a deeper sense of the heart of our tradition and the heart of God. And in it is a wonderful section on the kingdom of God. Borg writes about how hard it is for us, for Christians of all traditions, to strike the right balance between the call to salvation, that invitation of the gospel to have a life that is transformed, to balance that with the gospel imperative to enter into the kingdom of God and to see and be part of God's passion for justice. There are those two things. And if you think about our own church, the Episcopal Church, over the years, how we have sometimes, or parts of the church at least, sometimes emphasized one over the other. Now, hard it is for us to bring the two together. He talks about the kingdom of God and the fact that we can see it all around us if we but look. There's no question but what the good news has something to do, a great deal to do with our spiritual lives and the transformation of our souls, drawing us closer to God, inviting us to imitate Christ. But we must also not lose sight of the reality of God's passion for justice. We see it throughout the Hebrew and the Christian scriptures. Today's reading from Isaiah is a wonderful image of the nations of the world coming together in a picture of what the kingdom of God might look like, this time of great peace. But preceding that in chapter one is something very different. In that first chapter of Isaiah, the prophet speaking God's words says that no longer can God stand the separation of worship from social justice. Listen to these few verses from chapter one. Speaking of the people's worship, when you stretch out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. 
Remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rescue the oppressed. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. There could not be a stronger condemnation of the separation of worship from good works. And there could not be a stronger plea for us to always see the possibility to do good, to enter into God's justice. Then the prophet goes on and offers that beautiful vision of what it could be like, that vision of the peaceful kingdom. And it's so good that the nations will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. For wars and conflict between nations shall cease, and the people shall walk in the light of God. How long have we called for that? How many centuries of people have hoped and waited for the time when there might be that kind of peace? For the church, the second coming of Christ has been understood as the ultimate realization of that kind of kingdom, of that kingdom of God where there would be that peace. In today's gospel, we hear Jesus warning that the second coming would be sudden and unexpected. It would come upon them like those who lived in the days of Noah and who were unattentive, or like those who were preoccupied with their daily life, so preoccupied with it that they would miss the kingdom. It would pass them by and they would be left behind. And then finally, Jesus says that the Son of Man will come like a thief in the night. For no one, not even the Son, knows the day or the hour. One can imagine that the writer of Matthew put that in to warn the people who had expectation that Jesus might return in their lifetime. And that perhaps they didn't need to engage in good works, need to take care of the widows, need to be concerned for the orphans. For Jesus was coming, Christ would return, and the world would be set right. So there's that warning, no one knows, no one knows the time. But what about for us? I think that there are two very important questions for us. How do we live faithfully? between the first advent and the second? And how do we understand the kingdom of God and God's passion for justice now? To answer those questions, I think we must first deepen our understanding of God's mission in the world today. And we also must remember that the kingdom of God is both now and not yet. So where do we see the kingdom of God present in our world right now? I think we see it in the work of people like Canon White. I preached about him on Easter Sunday. This is the Anglican priest who, who is an emissary of the Archbishop of Canterbury, spent years in the Middle East, many of them in Baghdad, reaching out, seeking reconciliation and peace wherever he could go, wherever he could find anyone willing to speak about peace. To look for an alternative to violence, he was there, risking his life. And then I think of those Christian peacemaker teams. The first one that I encountered was a, a woman, I believe, in her 80s. And I told you about that after I returned from Israel. She was sitting across the aisle on a bus with me with her little red uh, baseball cap 
that had a Christian peacemaker team across the front of it. She had just come from Baghdad. And she said that the others who were there had told her it was just too dangerous for her to continue to stay. But she was thinking about staying in Hebron, in the West Bank. And she may be there yet today. Christian peacemaker teams are individuals who are willing to put their lives themselves in the middle of the most dangerous and violent places on this earth and to stand there and proclaim there is a different way to live. It's possible to live peacefully with your neighbor. And then I think of the work of our own diocese in Africa with children and adults who suffer from HIV AIDS and the ravages of that in families. The work that we are doing there is extraordinary. And all of us are a part of it. It's part of what that money goes to that we give to our diocesan bishop. It reaches out to people in need like that and it brings the kingdom of God into the present time in the moment where the greatest need is. And all of us can be part of that. I see it at work in St. Stephen's in the South End, where because of the faithfulness of a priest, of volunteers, of interns, we are making a difference in the neighborhoods of Boston where there's tremendous violence and the lives of children are being transformed because the kingdom of God has come close. And we see it in our undercroft. If you come during the week and go downstairs, you will see people putting together packages for those who are incarcerated at MCI Concord. And those uh, bits and pieces come in from all around us, from churches all around us in the communities that surround Concord. And they come here and they're put together and they'll be taken out to be given as holiday gifts at MCI Concord. And when those packages come to those men who are incarcerated there, the kingdom of God is present. The kingdom of God has broken in. So I encourage you this Advent season to see the kingdom of God at work in the world around you. See the possibility that is present every day for you to enter into the mission that is God's mission in the world. And finally, I want you to hear what Jesus has to say. In the passage we have today is from uh, Matthew chapter 24 in the gospel. This is from Matthew 25. It's just a little bit after that. Jesus had gone on talking about the kingdom of God and giving examples of it. And then he says this. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then they said to Jesus, but Jesus, when did we do that? And he said to them, truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are my brothers and my sisters, you did it to me. May we begin this Advent season with a sense of the presence of the kingdom of God all around us. And may we enter into that kingdom, taking up the good work of God's mission in the world. Be awake. Be alert. 
for all around you is the beauty of the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen.